the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Well, if God just dwelt with us in the flesh, then we'd have all the answers, right? And what does Paul say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? Great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. God does come in the flesh about 400 years after this. He does dwell among us in person. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Can you imagine what it must have been like to live during the Old Testament times? During the time that Daniel lived and prophesied of the coming Messiah. Today, Pastor Dan will teach on the life of Daniel and how God used him to declare an incredible thing to come, Jesus. God would send his one and only son to walk the earth as flesh. God wouldn't just dwell among, he would dwell within and beside. He would be Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. What a gift. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to look at a remarkable prophecy in the Bible. And it's so remarkable that uh, critics of the Bible are what are known as liberal scholars, higher critics of the Bible. They say, because of Daniel chapter 2 and other chapters in the book of Daniel, they say, well, there's no way that Daniel was written in the time of the Babylonian Empire because it's predicting all these future events. So it must have been written much later, maybe in the first century B.C., and a person just pretended to be Daniel living in the Babylonian Empire and actually wrote about events that had actually happened in the past because there's no way, because they don't believe in prophecy, there's no way that Daniel could have written this during the Babylonian Empire and predicted all of these world empires that would come in the world, so it must have been much later. Well, in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, and they found multiple fragments of the book of Daniel among the Dead Sea Scrolls, which actually predated the time that these liberal critics said the book of Daniel was written. So that kind of blew up that whole idea. But it's a remarkable prophecy, and so that's why they're trying to discredit it, because they don't believe in prophecy. So we'll get into it, though. Daniel chapter 2. Now, this prophecy in Daniel chapter 2 is not only remarkable, but it's a very important prophecy uh, and maybe one of the most important prophecies in all of the Bible because this chapter gives us a broad outline of human history from the time of the Babylonian captivity that we've been talking about recently on Thursday nights 
from the time of the Babylonian captivity all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so it lays out for us human history from the time of the Babylonian Empire all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're taking notes, in the Bible, this time is called the time of the Gentiles. The time of the Gentiles. Maybe you've heard that term, the time of the Gentiles. Again, we're talking about the period of time from the Babylonian Empire. So, remember, Jerusalem Falls, 586 B.C., to the Babylonians. So from that time, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's known as the time of the Gentiles. Now, what does that mean, the time of the Gentiles? Well, the phrase comes from Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 21, verse 24, Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jerusalem's the key to understanding all Bible prophecy. That's why Jerusalem's so important. And Jesus described the time of the Gentiles as the period of time when Jerusalem is trampled underfoot by the Gentiles, non-Jews. Jerusalem came under Gentile control when Nebuchadnezzar conquered the city and destroyed the city, 586 B.C. That is why God gives this dream to Nebuchadnezzar of all people. Because Nebuchadnezzar, it began with him, this time of the Gentiles. It began with Nebuchadnezzar. And Jerusalem will continue to be under some level of Gentile dominance until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So since the time of the Babylonian Empire, 586 B.C., Jerusalem has been trampled underfoot by Gentiles or under some form of Gentile dominance, even to this present day, except for a few brief times in history where the Jews gained temporary control back over the city. But otherwise, it's had some kind of Gentile dominance over it and has not been totally controlled by the Jews even to this day. Today, for example, the Temple Mount is not under Jewish control. It's under Muslim control. And often Jews are forbidden to even go up onto the Temple Mount. And if they do go up on the Temple Mount, they're not allowed to pray. They're not allowed to have any kind of prayer books with them or a Bible with them or anything like that. It's under Muslim control. East Jerusalem today, not really under Jewish authority. Uh, The last time we were in Israel, uh, we were in East Jerusalem walking around and some teenage boys made a point to tell us, welcome to Palestine. They wanted us to know, this isn't Israel. This is part of Palestine. So this chapter describes the time of the Gentiles from the Babylonian Empire to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, Daniel, as he writes this, remember, he is in Babylon. He's under Nebuchadnezzar. And so as Daniel receives this prophecy and the interpretation of this dream, for him, it's almost all of it is describing the future. It's almost entirely in the future. For us... Most of this prophecy is in the past. It's already fulfilled. But some of it remains to be fulfilled, as we'll see. And so as we go through it, you can kind of see where we are in this dream. 
that Nebuchadnezzar has here. Uh, Since God has fulfilled part of this prophecy already, we can be confident that he's going to fulfill the rest of the prophecy. That it's all going to come to pass. And so, what does that mean for us? It means that we can look at the world that we're living in through the lens of prophecy, and we can understand what's going on in the world through the lens of the more sure word of prophecy. Now, this prophecy, it comes through a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has while he's sleeping one night. Verse 1 says, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, plural. You know how it is sometimes when you have a dream and you wake up and you go back to sleep and you go right back into that dream again. So he has dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. So first of all, God speaks through the dream of a pagan king. That's something to note here. Although Nebuchadnezzar is totally unaware of it, God communicates his future plan for the world, for humanity, through a pagan king. Nebuchadnezzar, he's the most significant Gentile king in the Bible. He's mentioned over 90 times on three different occasions. God refers to Nebuchadnezzar as my servant, God's servant. And I think we can take comfort in knowing that God can use ungodly leaders to accomplish his will in this world. Without that leader even being aware, they're being used by God to fulfill God's purposes. I think of the decree of Caesar Augustus in the New Testament. And that decree caused Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where Mary gave birth to Jesus in fulfillment of the prophecy in Micah 5, 2, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And here was Caesar Augustus in Rome giving this decree because he wants to tax the whole world. And little does he know, he doesn't know at all, that God is using that decree to get Mary to Bethlehem to fulfill prophecy. God can use any leader to accomplish his will. And God gives this revelation to Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. And later in the chapter, Daniel will receive a vision. And so in this chapter, we've got dreams and visions. Dreams and visions were not just in the Old Testament. We see them in the New Testament as well. Uh, For example, Joseph was warned in a dream to take Mary and the baby Jesus and flee to Egypt. Peter has a vision in Acts chapter 10 of a sheet coming down from heaven full of clean and unclean animals. And he hears the voice of God say, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Also in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius the centurion has a vision of an angel. Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul has the vision of the man in Macedonia. And so God speaks to people through dreams and visions in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it happens pretty frequently. As you read through the Gospels, you read through the book of Acts, you see that it actually happens pretty often. God still speaks to people through dreams and visions, even still today. Now, of course, that doesn't mean every dream you have is a dream from God that you know, you need interpretation and that it has special meaning or something like that. Some dreams are just dreams. You know, just the other night, I had a dream that I had a job, and my job was to go to every antique shop and inspect all of the antiques to verify that they were genuine antiques and not replicas. I don't think that was from the Lord. I think it was just a dream. I think I saw an ad for Antiques Roadshow or something like that, and then I had this job in my dream, and I hope it's not from the Lord. So some dreams are just dreams, but then other dreams, God is communicating through that dream. God still communicates through dreams and visions. 
In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Especially in the last days, we're told, God will speak through dreams and visions. Here, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. It disturbs him. He can't go back to sleep. So verse 2, then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. So they came and they stood before the king. So this is kind of the brain trust of Babylon. These four groups of people were the advisors to the king, maybe like his cabinet. These four groups, they claim to have, you know, special contact with the spirit realm that gave them understanding of dreams. It was demonic, really. And he gathers together the wisest men in Babylon, hoping they can interpret his dream. In verse 3, And the king said to them, I've had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. You might want to underline that in your Bible. If you're a Bible nerd like me, beginning here in verse 4, all the way to the end of chapter 7, it's all in Aramaic, not Hebrew. This section of the Bible is written in Aramaic, not Hebrew. Aramaic was the language of the Babylonians. So they say to the king in Aramaic, And by the way, again, another little Bible nerd thing for you. The Aramaic that's used in these chapters is consistent with Aramaic from the 6th century B.C. during the time of the Babylonian Empire. It's not consistent with Aramaic from the 1st century B.C. when these liberal critics who don't believe the Bible, don't believe in prophecy, say that it was actually written. That's just another little thing for you. That's not going to be on the final test. You don't have to worry about that. So they say in Aramaic, O king, live forever Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretations. Now, the Babylonians, these sorcerers and magicians, these wise men, they actually had books, like textbooks or manuals, that helped them to interpret dreams. And so you could tell them what you dreamed about, and they could kind of look it up in their manual and tell you the meaning or the interpretation of your dream. And so they say, well, tell us the dream. We'll look it up in our manual and we'll tell you what the interpretation of your dream is. The king answered in verse 5 and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. I like the old King James here, a dunghill. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and 
its interpretation. So Nebuchadnezzar refuses to tell the wise men the details of his dream. He requires them, I mean, after all, if they do have revelation from the spirit realm, can't the spirit realm tell them what the dream is, the details? If the wise men can tell Nebuchadnezzar the content of the dream, well, they'll be honored and rewarded. And Nebuchadnezzar will also know that the interpretation is accurate. If they don't tell Nebuchadnezzar the dream and its interpretation, they'll be cut in pieces. and Their houses will be made a landfill. What a deal. <laughs> so verse 7, they answered again and said, well, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will give its interpretation. They don't usually have to tell what the dream con was. You tell us the dream, we'll look it up in our books and we'll This is how it works. We don't do it this way. It's always an open book test. And the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. You know, it's interesting that Nebuchadnezzar, he doesn't really believe in his own system. He knows that it's corrupt. He knows that these leaders that are leading the government and leading the nation, that they're corrupt imposters. And that this is just the way that it is in Babylon. The people in the government there are corrupt. Can you imagine? Verse 11, it is a difficult thing that the king requests And there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. The wisest men in Babylon could not answer Nebuchadnezzar. He had nothing to offer. And they acknowledged that only the gods could know the answer. And they say of the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Boy, if God just dwelt with us in the flesh, then we'd have all the answers, right? And what does Paul say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? Great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. God does come in the flesh about 400 years after this. He does dwell among us in person. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And so verse 12, for this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And so the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Because remember, they're in training to become wise men. Um, And so verse 14, then I love this verse 14, then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He responds with counsel and wisdom. Remember, Daniel's a teenager. And he responds here with wisdom to this captain of the king's guard who's going out and rounding up the wise men to execute them. And he answered and he said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent or harsh? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. 
that he might tell the king the interpretation. Now, I want you to note here the different response of Daniel from the wise men. The wise men told the king, it's impossible. There's no way we can know if you don't tell us the dream. There's no possible way, period, end of discussion. But Daniel said to the king, give me some time. Now, he doesn't know at this point what God's going to do. He just says, hey, give me some time. And what does Daniel do? Daniel, listen, he created an opportunity for God to work. He created some time. He created some space for God to work. And this is impossible, right? It's impossible. The wise men said, this is impossible for us to answer. And things that are impossible for us are not impossible for God. And I think the lesson here for us is instead of immediately saying no, or that's impossible, or there's no way it's going to work out, or there's no point in even trying, period, end of discussion, it's a good idea just to create an opportunity for God to work and just see if the Lord's in it. Let's just give it a couple days. Let's just pray about it. We don't have to give an answer right now, so let's just pray. And let's just see if the Lord's in it. Let's see if the Lord will do something. Let's see if the Lord will open a door. Maybe He won't, but maybe He will. So let's just give God the opportunity to show up. Give God the opportunity to work and see if the Lord's in it. And that's what Daniel does. And so now watch verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and he made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah his companions, verse 18, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel goes back to his house, he gets his three friends who are also believers, and together they pray. They pray. Prayer is not the last resort. It's the first line of defense. It's the first place we should go. Not the last place, like we've tried everything else, maybe we should pray. No, the first thing we want to do is pray. That's what Daniel does. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Daniel and his three friends pray. They make their requests known to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your paths. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be open. And that's what Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael do. They pray. We've got a little bit of time here. Let's just see. Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. And remember, Daniel and his three friends, there's teenagers. They're teenagers. Teenagers seeking the Lord for help. Teenagers seeking the Lord for deliverance. While the wise men of Babylon were quaking in their sandals, Daniel and his three friends were on their knees before the Lord. Asking God to intervene. And they prayed. Doesn't tell us how long they prayed, but they prayed. And they prayed until they got an answer. Then, verse 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So now he has a vision at night. And so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. He asked me how I know. And I say, bring truer than the finest. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel. Regardless of the various leaders that Daniel finds himself under, it's obvious through Daniel's accounts that God is higher and greater than any earthly king. He alone holds the dominion and power that others so often strive to attain. Daniel never lost sight of this, and it was only confirmed time and time again, as God came through in unlikely situations. If today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home It will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to meet you. Visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions and service times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Daniel next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable and knowing that you cannot find alone and General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.